here. We are at NMX. But don't go far. Podcast Junkies, episode 37. I'm finally able to round up Mr. Jared Easley. I've been having him on my list of potential guests for a while, and it just so happened that we were at NMX. We actually got to hang out for a little bit, too, and I uh, got to know him a little more than I did just virtually through uh, online uh, chats. And he's really um, as kind-hearted as I, I figured he would be. And we found some time at the NMX booth um, thanks to Dave Jackson for helping set that up. So you'll hear the sounds of the showroom floor and um, a interesting intro. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, it was really fun to talk to Jarrett. Um, we actually get to talk about his time in the Navy, his, uh, his can't-miss sights from Biloxi where he grew up, and why he considers himself a Southern boy, and how it paints his perspective on life. We also talk about the value of diversity and his days as a submariner um, and, and dealing with uh, his claustrophobia issues. Um, we also learn uh, some lessons uh, from the early days of the Starve the Doubts podcast, which now hosts with uh, Kimanzi uh, Constable. And um, I think something important that he learned was how he managed to temper his expectations with uh, big time, big name early guests and how uh, they didn't necessarily pan out from a marketing perspective like he thought they would. Um, we talk about why it's important to lift up each other as fellow podcasters. And obviously we get into podcast movement, how it started and what the vision is going forward. We were also able to answer some questions that I received ahead of time from Natalie Ekdahl and uh, Vernon Ross. So shout out to those guys. And uh, we talk about his ebook and his now new traditionally published book that he's working on as well. So it's really uh, an engaging and fun conversation. And I, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, having the opportunity to have uh, finally met with and had an interview with uh, Jarrett. All right. You want to wrap? I think we should wrap. We should wrap? Okay, I'm going to beatbox, and then you just jump. Completely you just do whatever style. comes to mind. Okay. Yeah, we're in the mix. We're in Vegas, so I'm sure you'll come up with content. Yeah, okay. All right, here we go. Here we are at NMX. Oh, don't go far. I'm here with Jared, easily at the booth. We're trying to sound cool and not lose a tooth, because he's rapping really hard. You need to get in your car and come over and check us out tonight. We're going to be at the after party, I right? That's what happens when we get down. A couple of guys from the 80s wearing a crown. That's how we do. Got the crowd going crazy. And you know it's true. I know it's true. <laughs> so, I don't know if that was a line you meant to end on. I thought that was that, that was true. That was pretty good. So. The key is a, a true beat uh, rapping over a beatbox is to watch your cadence. Oh and no! Like, and see like when can I stick in a word that's not too long and that can yeah. rhyme. 
and I have to think ahead of time. Of I felt like my cadence might have <laughs> might have not set you up for success. No, it's a it's a it's a different uh, rhythm. So. Well, I, I'm a extremely gringo. If uh, you haven't noticed, so. you're probably the most uh, best beatboxingest gringo I've ever met. Well, even if that's not true, I appreciate you saying it. Here, so. What's your favorite? You must have hip hop influences. So, what's your favorite hip hop movie? Well, it's funny you bring that up because I'm doing a talk next week, and the talk is called "What Podcasters Can Learn from Vanilla Ice." <laughs> <laughs> and the three takeaways from the talker: stop, collaborate, and listen. Oh man, that's gonna. be <laughs> you, know, you think about it. If you genius. really applied those, you know, bits of advice in your life, you know, stop listening to the voice that says you can't do something that has an impact. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, collaborate with others. It increases the visibility of what you're doing, the likelihood of success, and then of course, uh, listen to what your people want. Right. So, in case the listeners haven't figured out, I'm talking to Jared Easley, <laughs> Mr. Starved to Doubts himself. <laughs> Starve the beatbox. You should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a reason I don't beatbox on my own podcast. I have to do it on yours. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm a child of the 80s, so I grew mm. up on uh, Beach Street, uh, Breaking. Yep. You know, when you watch those, like, oh, man, I could do some of those moves. Well, okay, were you ever in a talent show growing up? I just, does the basement of my parents' house count? I think it does. <laughs> then yes. <laughs> Did neighborhood kids watch, or yeah. was it just you? No, we had a couple of neighborhood kids. And, uh, okay, so yeah. let's talk about that. Where, okay. where, where did that? It was we did uh, the village people. <laughs> I was the cowboy, <laughs> as you should be. <laughs> yeah, and there was, uh, was three, two other brothers and one sister, so I think we were able to get the uh, the military guy and the Apache and all those other politically incorrect costumes. I think we should talk about this. <laughs> Do you? have a favorite village people tune uh that would be maybe ymca i think that's a safe answer yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it gets the party started but right? i used to be in the military so in the navy like that's the joke i would always hear when i was telling people i was going to the navy yeah it's like i'm going in the navy in and the they're navy. like oh in the navy I'm like <laughs> you're so original and creative and funny how was the navy that was an interesting experience because at the time i was like the young uh, kid from Alabama mm -hmm. and then basically immersed in this <laughs> group of, you know, the, the ghetto kid from Chicago, the uh, Hispanic kid from Southern California, the Mormon from Utah, the kid from the Bronx, yeah. the, you know, the farm kid that grew up in Missouri. I mean, it was like this melting pot. And one of the things I remember was after boot camp, we would all like hover around the TV on Monday nights and watch Monday Night Raw. Oh, that's funny. And I thought, you know, wrestling actually brings people together, Harry, as strange as that is. Watching men in tights throw each other around a... Uh, Which ties back <laughs> into the village people. So I love how you... You're very good at podcasting. So uh, yeah, every when, it, when you painted that story, I thought of the movie uh, Biloxi Blues. That's a good movie. Yeah. It is. So were you the... Were you the um, what's his name? The actor? I, ironically, my mother grew up in Mississippi, okay. which is where Biloxi is. Yeah. Have you been to Biloxi? I have not. They have a lot of casinos there, much like Vegas. But, but show, but uh, they're, they're, they're boats, right? Uh, they're on the water. Yeah. I think that's the law. Yeah. yeah. So it's ferry, ferry boats or something but like I, that. But I'd say if you ever get a chance to stop the Biloxi, go ahead. Why not? What's, uh, what's one, one thing to, I can't miss if I'm in Biloxi? Ooh. Well, I'm going to say, I mean, this is the first answer jumped in my head. Now, when I was in Biloxi, it was right after Katrina, right? Oh, that's tough. So, yeah, but I would say the hard rock there is pretty good. I'm sure there's other stuff that's really good. Um, so I would say the hard rock. Do you consider yourself a southern boy? I do. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, I've lived in other places. I've lived in Hawaii. I've lived in New England. But I've primarily grown up and lived in the south. 
What is it about uh, being a Southern boy that, that paints your perspective on life? Uh, interesting. I grew up where my high school was like 50% white and 50% African-American. And that was a public high school. And that was good because I started to learn a lot about diversity there. But uh, I don't know. It's a funny story. I'll tell this. When I was in high school, like I always liked the girls, but the girls treated me like I was their friend. Yeah. Which you know, I was the friend you're, you're zone, in the friend, the friend zone. zone. That was me, and uh, they're like, "You're like my brother." I'm like, "It's not something you want yeah, to hear." I don't want to be your brother. That's uh, what, what do you do with your brother? That's yeah. it's Alabama. You don't talk about that. But uh, what happened is when I joined the Navy, like I don't know, I just got out of Alabama, and then um, I remember moving up to New England, and for some reason, New England. I was different there. Yeah. And there was a movie that had just came out, Sweet Home Alabama with Reese Witherspoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was from Alabama. So, it was like, all of a sudden, all these girls that I wanted to talk to in high school, uh, those types of girls in New England liked me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But diff- back different. in Alabama, you know, oh, that'll, you know, he's my friend. Yeah. Um, and then I think uh, going over to Hawaii, I, I started noticing, like, other other ethnicities, yeah. and uh, this is going in a weird direction. But I started realizing that there's pretty Asian girls out there, yeah. and, I, and that later goes into how I actually met my wife, <laughs> which I won't get into that on this podcast. But that, that uh, do yeah, that yeah, but I, I think uh, Alabama taught me a little bit about there's more out there than just in Alabama, and um, that's an interesting moment like that, and it happens for everyone at different times. Like for me, I was in college and. Someone gave me the autobiography of Malcolm X, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like I was like, "This just kind of changed my worldview." And and so like it happens either because of something you read, or in your case, you know, you're you're placed into a different environment. And you're like, "Wow, there's people that are not like me that are here, and they have a completely different worldview. They they, they dress differently, they talk differently, mm. you know." And 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 it's interesting when you get that experience. And I think you need to have more of those because that's what the real world is like. I agree with you. I think there's the takeaway here is is if you're kind of in a certain circumstance or certain situation, start looking for ways for you to kind of change that up. You don't necessarily have to change your uh, demographics or geography, but how can you maybe read a different book yeah. or maybe listen to a different podcast or uh, maybe try something a little bit different? And there's some value in, in diversity, of course, and then, you know, just learning what else is out there. So as, as part of like what you learned in, in the Navy, was some aspects of, of what you picked up from a technical perspective learned there as well, or is that stuff you learned on your own? I think so. I was a submariner, which okay. uh, if there's anybody listening that's thinking about getting into that, you might <laughs> not want to. Uh, that wasn't my favorite time of my life, but I did get to live in Hawaii, which is amazing, and made tons of really great friends that I'm still close to on some level, I would say. What part of Hawaii? Oahu. Oahu, yeah. I was just in yeah. Kauai. Oh, Kauai is fantastic. Fantastic. And it rains a lot, but it's still beautiful. Yeah. Worth going to, for yeah. sure. Uh, I've been to Kauai, so I absolutely love it. And I just saw somebody riding by on a... That's Borja. That's interesting. I don't know why he's on that. Yeah. Uh, we can edit that out of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> this is live, so we see we see strange things happening. Yeah, there's people, a lot of stuff going on here. People riding by on a, on a... I don't know what they're called, but it's a scooter yeah, for... Someone who probably shouldn't be on a scooter. Elderly scooter, people, so. and it's not an elderly person. Yeah. Did he rent that? He probably spent money to just drive around. Yeah. In fairness, though, this floor that we're on right now is massive, and it's only one of many. Yeah. It's kind of intimidating. It's it's, it's quite like, the opposite of a submarine, actually. Yeah, right? It's like being on a submarine, yeah. or it's like being a white person moving to Hawaii. You're howling them. That's so not necessarily you, a good thing. Did you work through your claustrophobia issues in the submarine? Never. No, it was always brutal. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but to answer your technical question, I think that uh, 
uh, I definitely learned some things there that have served me well later on. Uh, but I think the biggest takeaway is, is just dealing with different types of personalities. Yeah. That's served me well no matter what I'm involved in. I think from, from the podcast, the Starved to Doubts podcast, of which you are the host, and now with Kamanzi. Uh, yep. Yep. And you take a genuine interest in your guests, and I think part of what you alluded to in um, talking about how you get out of your comfort zone is what you, you brought to the show. Because when I started listening to your show and the first couple episodes, you were just diving so deep on getting to know your guests and getting to understand what it was that made them tick and trying to bring something out of them to show the listener, hey, this is a new experience for you because you never heard this person or you may have heard them on another show, but you're not going to experience them uh, the way you typically have because I'm going to ask different questions and I'm, I'm going to unearth different gems and sort of um, highlight something of these guests. And I thought that, I thought that was something interesting and not a lot of people were doing it, doing it at the time or putting the time into it. Yeah, I learned a valuable lesson from that. People appreciate it when you uh, take time to, to really notice them. Uh, another takeaway that might not be as, I, I won't say it's not a, a ne- that's not a, excuse me, it's not a negative takeaway, but uh, I don't know if that came out right. But what, what I'm getting at is I learned a valuable lesson. I learned that uh, in the beginning I was trying to interview people that were really successful and I had uh, some cool opportunities from that. But my expectations weren't realistic. I thought, hey, if I can have, uh, I'll just say Gary Vaynerchuk on the yeah. podcast. Gary's going to naturally share this out because that's what happens. And then I'm going to gain all this momentum and traffic. And uh, while Gary and others were gracious, super gracious to be on the show, and I am still blown away at that, they didn't share it. And it, mm. I thought, well, they should have. But, my, I mean, that's not their responsibility yeah. to grow my platform or my network or, or bring exposure to my business and I learned that the hard way yeah and it took me a while to start to figure that out hey what's wrong with me nothing I'm not really getting a lot of Traction. momentum yeah. here I'm having all these great conversations with people and I'm putting tons of time into you know into researching what they're doing and they like me they say thank you but they're not sharing it. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like a dead-end street at that point. I realize, yeah, there's more value in having conversations with people who are in the trenches, working through those processes, but also understand what it's like to, to be where you and I are sitting. Yeah. And they're willing to share uh, the episode, but they're also willing to, to also share their experience. Yeah, because I think we're all working through this together, and we're sort of at the same level where we're trying to figure out what's the best way to promote the show in a way that's beneficial, you know, for me and and beneficial for you. Like if people can get to know Jared easily more as a result of listening to my podcast, then I feel like I've done you, you know, a service because I was like, I, I want people to know you. I want people to know how cool you are. I want people to know how generous you are, and you know, we. There's, there's a lot of commingling of audiences, obviously, at, but at some point, you know, there's people that have never heard of you, you know, that listen to the show, and then people that listen to your show and never heard of me, and et cetera, et cetera. So I think we all lift each other up, right? Rising tide lifts all boats. Yes, that's a favorite quote of mine from John F. Kennedy. I love it. And I love that abundance mindset that you just described. That's key to growth. And when you can find people like the fellow podcasters that we connect with, uh, most of the people in this space understand that, and they get it, and... Uh, if worst case scenario, we've made some really good friends, and, and uh, that's not a bad thing. And was, so, what's funny is a, a transition into the conference podcast movement. I think as you started doing 
your podcast and realizing the network that you're building as a result of having people on your show and being on other people's shows. Um, although there were some conferences, you know, the NMX has a podcasting track. I think um, I'm, I'm wondering what the mindset was when you thought about putting the conference together with uh, with Dan Franks and um, uh, well, a couple yeah, other folks. And if that was in your mind as like this concept of network, let's bring it like into a, a live forum, if you will. I think we started by asking the question, you know, uh, could we do it? And then following that question with, should we do it? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have experience with big events, and so most people would say, eh, maybe that's not a good idea. But if you get good advice from people who have done it, and then you validate the idea, it's not necessarily a bad thing. So Kickstarter and crowdfunding allowed us to test without being, you know, putting tons of resources and time into something that we didn't know would work. Yeah. And I mean, you know the story, Harry. We did the Kickstarter. We were successful with that. And then last year we did the event for the first time. A lot of work, but we had 600 podcasters come to it. And that was a big aha. It was like, okay, podcasters want to connect. And this event was needed. Yeah. The industry or the uh, group spoke and the community said, we want this. And so now we're doing it again. So I, I was able to post that I was interviewing you <laughs> on Instagram. And I got... Was uh, that the rap portion of our... <laughs> no. Because <laughs> okay. I don't know if people would have responded to that. But um, <laughs> this Chicks podcast, Natalie Ecto. Ah, yeah. We like Natalie. Yeah. So yeah. Natalie said, I'd love to know how you got inspired and the guts to launch Podcast Movement, which I think you touched upon. Yes. How has the team and back end changed since PM14? And what is the vision going forward? I think the vision going forward is uh, to continue to grow the community. And that isn't necessarily the responsibility of Podcast Movement, although we are, are making a conscious effort to provide more opportunities for female podcasters to speak, mm -hmm. uh, create more opportunities for other niches. Year one was uh, mostly our network, which at the time was heavily business and marketing yeah. podcasts. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, we had to prove the concept of could we do it, should we do it. And that was our network. But this next year, we've reached out to other niches. I mean, we want to have people who've got experience in broadcasting and are, are now leveraging that in the podcast space. We want people who have that artistic experience. Like, we have Leah Tao, who created The Moth, which yeah. is, I mean, she's a Peabody award-winning broadcaster. She knows what she's doing. And, and the host of Serial. Serial, uh, Sarah Keenig. I mean, yeah. my goodness, that's one of the biggest podcasts on the planet. Yeah. Uh, Aisha Tyler. So I'll just name three big female Huge. speakers yeah. but then you know we got Roman Mars and Pat Flynn of course and John Lee Dumas to appeal to that original audience and then uh, Lou Mangello who's the Ric Flair of podcasting <laughs> awards uh, to tie it back into wrestling uh, speaking of wrestling, Colt Cabana is our. Uh, he's doing the uh, the Academy of uh, Podcaster Awards ceremony. Okay. Yeah, just so many good things that are going on. I, I think that's where podcast movement is evolving. Is is just getting. There's so many cool circles in the podcasting space like comedy and obviously business is one of them there's multiple spaces and now they're starting those circles are starting to enter yeah i uh, like that that's intersect. happening and we're hoping to be a part of that happening and we feel like this year is a good effort toward that i think you guys are really primed to make those different circles merge into one podcasting family yeah and what i really applaud you on is listening to the attendees last year because yep. I know a lot of people came up to you and said great job guys you know and there's, here's what, what was good here's what was bad um, and I think people were talking about the entrepreneurial focus last year and I think this year just when you started lining up these, these new guests these new speakers for this year 
I think the incremental growth is really faster than some people thought. So, oh, this is going to take them three or four years to get to the point where it's a really established podcast, a really established conference for podcasters. But I think after at year two now, with the lineup you guys have gotten, um, it's really established your credibility in the conference space. I mean, you're pretty much the go-to conference for, for podcasters at this point. Yeah, I, I feel comfortable in saying that that's true. Uh, a takeaway is is year one, there were different companies we reached out to, and we just had not proven ourselves yet. And they were not prepared to, you know, be supportive mm-hmm. of something that just didn't, you know, had not had some kind of track record. So that was tough, yeah. you know, and we really appreciated the people that supported year one because they believed even when they could have easily said, oh, you don't have a track record. Yeah. But, Year two has been interesting because now there's people who saw what happened to you in year one. They were, you know, lurkers. They were looking from the outside, and they realized, oh, my goodness, this is something that has potential. This is something we want to be a part of. So that's been exciting, too, to embrace new people who are willing to uh, be a part of it now. Uh, they needed to see some proof. We get that. That's that's business one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, but now those people are coming in, and, and hopefully that's just going to continue to add to the community as a whole. And the other thing is the, f- the folks who were attending. I was there. I lit- literally bought my ticket the first week. I think Dan point- posted something on, uh, on Twitter, and I said, uh, a conference just for podcasters? I, I think I, was, I bought that first week. I was so excited about that opportunity. And we're like your best cheerleaders because now we're like, we were there last year. And I can't even imagine what it's going to be like this yeah, year. It's interesting. We, we absolutely love New Media Expo, and we're thrilled to be here. And it's been fun running into a lot of podcasters at New Media Expo. Uh, but what's interesting is podcast movement is typically the conversation that we're hearing. Yeah. And uh, right or wrong, but that's kind of neat. So um, the other question was from uh, Vernon Ross. And uh, he, was, he was wondering, like, how do you decide who's going to headline um, a conference and who do you give precedence to and these are the, these are the decisions that you didn't have to make last year because you know when, when you're bringing in people of star quality one of the things Vernon was asking is you know, is it could it be that it's too intimidating for podcasters because if you have a newbie podcaster coming in it's like oh Sarah Koenig is there like I, I can't like relate to her is there something that she's going to talk about or could they just be going in as a fan of the show uh, I think it's more likely going to be the podcaster. Right? There, there, it's possible there will be fans. Yeah. I think it's primarily going to be podcasters. But to Vernon's question, I mean, events are tricky. Yeah. And you need to, uh, as an organizer, you need to have uh, opportunities that are going to draw where people are interested in. There's no question people are interested in serial. And a narrative-style podcast is gaining a lot of momentum. We're seeing those types of shows do really well in Stitcher and iTunes. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to highlight and feature some of those people. But it also makes sense to, to bring in sports. It makes sense to bring in comedy. So um, I think we made the decisions based on you know who are people that are really uh, relevant and doing a great job in those spaces. And then how do we not turn our backs on, you know, somebody who's got some experience, but they're just not on top? Yeah. Because I think those people need a voice, too. And and I'm really proud of the fact that one of our keynote speakers this year is Lou Mangello. Lou hasn't really keynoted any type of podcasting-related event, but he's spoken at so many events, but he's never been given the main stage. And Mm -hmm. we're like... No, we're going to give Lee, we're going to give Lou the main stage. Yeah. And I mean, last night he won another podcast yeah. award. The guy is a great speaker. He's a great presenter. He's a great podcaster. We're thrilled to be giving him his first podcasting keynote. That's awesome. 
Yeah, and, and, and he was a, just a normal uh, breakout session speaker last year. But now, uh, that, and that's something Dan and I were talking about. Like, we want to, for people that really shine and bring it at Podcast Movement, there's a possibility you could be keynoting the next year. Yeah. So I, I feel like uh, it's a pretty fair event. Uh, the awards are fair. There's going to be a um, Stitcher Radio has partnered with us on that. They're going to do half the nomination. The other nominations are going to come from a, a traditional nomination process. And then we have an academy, a group of qualified podcasters who are going to be voting on the winners. Right? Yeah, and and so like, somebody like, could win a podcast award not based on just popularity. It's yeah, it's cool. by pa- podcasters, for podcasters, from podcasters, whatever it is. What's What's great about that uh, approach that you described is you know... Lou Mangiello personally, and you've seen his rise in podcasting right. over the course of the years. And like you said, you want to reward the fact that he's just increasing his reach and he's just fantastic at what he does. And um, giving him a keynote stage, I think, is, is really awesome. Yeah, we're, we're very proud of that. So in addition to the podcast, in addition to the conference, you also released the, had time to release a book. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I did a traditional, or excuse me, a self-published book last year. And now I've written a, a co-written a book with the, my co-host Kamanzi, which you mentioned, and he had a relationship with a publisher, and I didn't think the publisher would pick up this book because I don't have a published book deal. But they had first writer refusal for that book, Harry, and so we presented the book to them, and they they wanted it. So now I have a traditional published book deal. The book's coming out later this year, and it's just a humbling thing to think. You know, just last year I was working on a self-published book. Now I'm going to have a book in Barnes and Nobles here in several months. I'll be able to take my wife and daughter into our Barnes and Nobles and see that book on the bookshelf. That's cool. That is really cool. That's crazy. And I guess uh, one of the so that really drives the question for the folks who are keeping track of everything you've been working on. What is it that drives you to keep uh, creating? Because the common thread for all those things, if you think about the podcast, if if you think about the conference, if you think about the book. It all lends to you being a creator. And so is that something that you find that's like inherent in your DNA? I think so. I think you have to really want to create and have a desire to, you know, serve and and bring value. And if you do and you're generous and you're uh, wanting to help others and not just uh, be greedy and focus on yourself, I think people pick up on that. And so for me, yeah, I I like to create. I like to be involved and in this case, we had a solution to a problem. We wrote about it, and now it's going to be a book that's going to be out there. And yeah, you know, there's no prediction on on what the results of that book will be, but it, it's a cool opportunity nonetheless. So, and I think you're the type of person for folks that do know you. You're very generous with your time, um, and you're always active and trying to reach out to folks and saying, "How can I help you?" Um, is, is that something that you were taught at an early age? I think it's from learning what not to do. I wish I could sit here on this podcast and pretend that everybody has just hooked me up and been so kind to me. I've had people step on me. Mm -hmm. I've had people uh, manipulate me. I've had situations where I've given and given and given to people and they just used it to their own advantage. And I realized that's not the way I want to treat others. You know, and I've been in a corporate setting where I I was number one in the entire company in billing and and it got me nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I remember just thinking, that's broken. You know, that's not the way... I think business should be, and that's yeah. not the way I want to continue to uh, be in my professional life moving forward. Learned some things that weren't bad. They helped me make decisions based on those experiences, and, and I think now I realize the, the value for me is that abundance mindset, as we talked about. Uh, not being a fool, not yeah. just hooking everybody up just to do it, but 
be generous, be kind, uh, be respectful, uh, but also be intentional and be strategic. Yeah, I mean, I ascribe to that as well because I'm a big uh, believer in just feeding off people's energy. Yeah. And so when, when you can usually tell within the first 30 seconds if you want to associate with a person that you've met for the first time. And, yeah. And it's something about the vibe, their, their mojo, whatever you want to call it, or just this if they radiate like love, you know, like uh, this person is like, cool, you know, I, I can hang out with this person. And, and those are the type of people you want to associate yourself with. And those are the type of people you want to help because it's not like you're keeping score, but you know that if you just, the universe is cyclical, right? So if you give enough, it's just going to, it has to come back. <laughs> We've had people reach out to us about podcast movement and we can tell just in the first email, yeah, this person, they're yeah. not looking out for podcast <laughs> movement. They're 100% looking out for themselves and we're not looking to feature those types of folks. It's awesome that you have uh, just really good-hearted people behind it, yeah. like Dan and yourself. Uh, so I think you're dry, you're, from the inception of it, I think it's, it's headed down a fantastic path. I'm really excited, and I wish you guys all the best of luck with that. We are fellow podcast junkies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why the, the name fits, because we're all like so passionate about it. We, we, we feel like we can't talk enough about it in that podcast movement. That's, more of that's going to be happening. Yeah, my wife doesn't like hearing me talk about podcasting. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah we, we, we again. get that challenge, especially like, <laughs> are you, do you have your headphones on? Like, are you listening to another podcast? And then I listen to it at 2x speed, because I, I, can, I feel like uh, Neo in the Matrix when he's downloading, like, do you know how to fly that that helicopter yeah and, now i do and now yep. i do and it's like that's what's happening and in, and my theory on this and i've talked about it this chris with chris murphy and mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah, actually, i love chris he's <laughs> a great friend by the way we so, used to be in a band together i don't know if you knew that's that. right he told yeah. me that uh, for the for those may have, the listeners may have known that i got the idea with because chris murphy introduced cliff ravenscraft at the last nmx oh. and i saw him oh. speak and i said who's this guy i said it on twitter who's the guy who introduced cliff and cliff responded it's my friend chris murphy so i said chris murphy where are you and we tracked each other down the hallways i said i got this idea for a podcast you know because i'm a podcast junkie and and then the, the show was born there and I, I thought initially maybe i would do with him and i had chris murphy on the show as well so yeah i knew that we, yeah, chris we, is amazing he's yeah. a really really good guy so i just uh to, to bring it all home um what has got you in general like excited about what's coming up for podcasting and podcasters in the upcoming year seeing the collaboration seeing people wanting to work together the community wanting to uh, come together and then help each other out that's exciting and then seeing more and more corporate type identities that are getting into the space i think it's good for the space i think it brings more visibility and awareness to podcasting i don't think uh, nmx is Alignment with NAB is a bad thing at all. I think it's it's kind of cool. Over time, I believe we'll see uh, a little bit of a warmer reception to podcasting. I think this year is kind of you know just kind of working through the kinks and figuring yeah. this out, and they'll do that. And over time, I think uh, you know podcasting is not going away. So I think it's a it's a cool time to be involved in podcasting because it just seems like more and more opportunities are going to be created. And as someone who likes to help people out whenever you get the opportunity. Is there anything that you're working on that the listeners can help you out with as a, a sort of paying it forward? I think podcast movement. If you can be a podcast movement, if that interests you, please do. If, if it interests someone in your circle, someone in your network that you think would benefit from that, please be willing to share it with them. They may know about it, but, you know, say, hey, you get to be at this. This is good. <laughs> uh, so I'd say podcast movement's number one. And, of course, uh, I've got a book out there. If podcasting, again, is interesting to you and you want to grow your audience, I, I wrote a book called podcasting good to great how to grow your audience through collaboration i think it's 99 cents on amazon because yeah. i didn't want cost to be an issue 99 cents most people can handle 
and it's a book that I've different strategies that I've learned that have worked well for me and uh, now I've gotten hundreds of emails from people who have applied this and seen opportunities open up because of it so if you're podcasting and you want to grow that's a good book to consider checking out and you're doing the satellites as well you were in yeah. Podcast San Diego right? right so Podcast San Diego uh, we got Chicago coming up and Boston Atlanta and uh, I mean that's those are opportunities because we know some folks just can't travel, you know, but they might come to a one-day event in the region. And, you know, the verdict's still out on that. We've done two. We did one in Orlando. We did one in San Diego, but both were really positive. And we had more people than we thought would come. So we feel like we're on a, uh, a reasonable uh, cycle with that. So Chicago's the next one. And, you know, we're just finalizing everything with that. And then that'll be May 23rd. And... Yeah, I believe we're seeing more and more people that podcasters that want to come together from different circles that we talked about, and that's exciting. So not all those people are going to go to podcast movement, but that's okay. You know, we still see the value in growing the community that way. So I actually have real time feedback for you on Podcast San Diego. Oh, again from Natalie Actel. Podcast San Diego was the best podcasting content I have received in 2015. Incredible. And I was at SMMW15 and NMX15. Well, you think about that. I mean, it's, it, the speakers of the social media marketing world were outstanding. So to say that uh, you got really good value and content from a much smaller event with not the powerhouse names, I think that says a lot. Uh, we had really good speakers at Podcast San Diego, and they weren't all rock stars, mm-hmm. but it was they had a great message to share. They had uh, good advice from their experience, and people related to that. And that resonates that, more with yeah, people. I, I think, uh, yeah, I can relate to Harry because Harry's in the trenches with me, and, yeah. and you have some things that you've learned that I haven't tried yet. Yeah. So that works for that audience, and we're proud of it. So, Jared, thank you so much for being on Podcast Junkies. I know we've been trying to work this out for the longest time possible, but in the, the best way possible, everything happens for a reason at the time it's meant to happen. And I know you're a firm believer in that. And, I am. Uh, and I'm glad that we were able to do it here in a more intimate setting. You're my first live, aka kind of sort of live, <laughs> even though the, the episode will be out in, uh, in a week or two. But uh, it's it's nice to get the, the buzz of the conference while while you're, while you're doing the show. I kind of hope we can still be friends here. <laughs> can, can we leave on another wrap? I, I, thought that I was think a good we way can. To, yeah. let, uh, let people know where to find you first. Okay, so the event is Podcast Movement, podcastmovement.com. And if you want another podcast, first of all, listen to all of Podcast Junkies. When you run out of an episode, there's maybe a little room for one more of something else. Starve Like You're Hungry, Starve the Doubts is a podcast that Kamanzi and I do. And Fantastic show. Definitely worth checking out after you've listened to Podcast Junkies. So. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna take you guys home or bring you guys home or how, right, whatever you, you gotta said. prep. Right? This is the exit wrap. So you gotta, the, up, you gotta the, pay the attention to the cadence. So <laughs> I, does my cadence need to be a little slower? Or no, we'll maybe just, a little faster. A little faster. Yeah. Right, so yeah, this is this, like this is our challenge. customized outro. <laughs> For podcast junkies. <laughs> I think my beatbox is going to be the same as before, but I'll, in my mind it'll be faster. Here we go. So, okay. Yes. Thank you for coming on the show, Mr. J-A-R-E-D. You know you're down with me because I'm a P-O-D-C-A-S-T junkie. I like to record and sound funky. I go down the street with my monkey. Yeah, I said monkey. I got a pet monkey. Any podcast too. Nice. <laughs>
<laughs> awesome. Monkeys. Um, <laughs> we worked in monkeys. I don't know. I was thinking about rhymes with junkie. <laughs> it does rhyme. All right. If you stayed this long, then <laughs> well played. Send, if you if you stayed this long in the show, send a, a tweet to at Jared Easley. <laughs> Hashtag monkey rap. Monkey rap. Done. It's a wrap. Peace. So I told you that would be different, right? <laughs> that was a lot of fun, and I think it's just a testament to how relaxed and spontaneous Jared can be when he's given the opportunity. So I'm, I'm really glad. I don't know if he's actually beatboxed on anyone else's show. So if he has not, then I feel very honored. So it was, it was a great conversation. I'm sure you'll agree. I wish it could have gone a little bit longer. Um, we might have to have him back at some point in the future. Um, he's got a lot to talk about. He's obviously working on a lot of things, the podcast movement, the books, um, and the actual podcast. It, it starved to doubts with um, Kamanzi. So I think it was just great to get some insights into a little bit of his background as well. We talked about the value of diversity and how he managed to temper his expectations with the with the uh, the famous guests in the beginning. And I just really love the roadmap that they've got laid out for podcast movement, especially with those big name guests, uh, Sarah Koenig from uh, Serial um, and some other big time headliners that are going to be there. And I think it's going to be fantastic for a year two event. I think it's awesome. He's really excited about uh, his finding his book in Barnes and Noble. And I think when that, when that happens, that'll be a nice uh, confirmation of all the work he's put in going forward. We also heard about how it, being a creator is an inherent in his DNA. And I, and I think that's very, very clear if you followed his work over the past couple of years and just getting to talk about what was, what has him excited about podcasting is really, really inspirational and it really keeps all of us fellow podcasters moving as well. So once again, I hope you enjoyed that. I had a fantastic time with him and let me know what you think about uh, the show. Give me some feedback. And uh, as always, we love to have reviews on iTunes because it helps the show grow and helps more people find it and more people get to hear about all the fantastic guests I have and get to, so you can hear more about their backgrounds. So if you've got some time today, head on over to podcastjunkies.com uh, and you'll see all the links there um, and you can uh, take care of that there. So have a fantastic week, guys, and uh, I'll talk to you next week.